Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my podcast, Breathe with Eve. I'm your host, Eve. Today, I'm going to be reflecting on what it means to be a good leader in creating a lasting legacy. So I'll be covering four things today. First, we're going to look at what it means to be a leader. Second, I'm going to cover some leadership traits that are very important if you're really going to be a good leader. Number three, we're going to talk about opportunities to level up and to be the best that we can be. And lastly, I'll touch on what a good legacy looks like. And we'll conclude by me giving you some strategies that you can implement in your life to make sure that you not only build the leadership skills that you have and be a great leader, but also that you can leave a lasting legacy. So let's dive into it. Number one, what is leadership? The definition of leadership by Cruz is uh, leadership is a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a common goal. So for example, we can have a leader like a coach or a mentor, a therapist, for example, you're partnering with somebody that comes to you for direction for that change process or for a growth process. But the most important part of that definition that I want you to pay attention to is that it's always for the achievement of a mutual goal, of a common goal, a shared purpose. When we think about leaders, we often think about those that are very charismatic or maybe their personality can be very magnetic, but that's not really the true symbol or the true sign for a great leader. Everyone can be a leader. It's really not about our distinct personalities. Those are things that make us unique, but it's really about developing core leadership skills. We all know somebody that might be charismatic, but is still a poor leader. And so for people that don't have like very outgoing personalities and all that, don't just say, I can't be a good leader or I'm not a good leader. No, it's something that can be developed. And in your own unique way, you can still wield your influence. So yay, the good news is leadership skills can be developed. You know, when we talk of leadership, we often come from that place of, you know, family or the workplace structure. That's the same idea that we bring into thinking about leadership. It could be the unique way in which you were raised, maybe looking at your parents, dad, mom, mentor, grandfather, or within the work environment, you can think about the boss or the manager. Our parents' influence in our character development and also by extension, the type of leader that we become is very, very critical, you know. And then we think about the managers that we've had, the bosses that we've had. It gives us some idea of what leadership is really supposed to look like. And most times this is skewed. So take, for example, a manager. You work under a manager. A manager can provide some level of leadership but it's primarily limited to maintaining the status quo. In contrast, if true executive leaders, they're the visionaries. 
So while the manager just manages what is set in place, you have true leaders that are visionaries that have the foresight to set direction and manage change and transitions and lead and develop people. Some managerial roles might give a little room for you, the manager, to be able to do this, but middle management most of times is very limited into how they can apply that sense of direction. So I just want to clarify that as we go forward. Let's take a company like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has a leadership culture that focuses on making their employees a certain type of person. As a brand, we can recognize that they foster, you know, just putting the customer first, but also they foster that their employees have to be respectful and nice when they're dealing with the public. So it's not just a culture of doing, it's a culture of being. So when you come into Chick-fil-A as an employee and you're working for them, you have those things that if it is not in alignment with your character, you know you have to align your character to that. I can tell you that that sense of leadership and drive, it didn't happen in a day. It was an intentional process put in place by the leadership to make sure that that happens. So a manager over a Chick-fil-A institution, for example, a Chick-fil-A restaurant, all they would have to do is manage that. If an employee did something that was wrong, they can say, hey, your behavior does not apply to these set of behaviors that we have set in stone for who we want to be as an organization. So they don't just employ you to come in and get a paycheck and do your restaurant type duties and go home. They also, they're paying you to be a certain type of person. And so when we talk about leadership, I want you to think about it in the sense of enabling people to be the best that they can possibly be. And while some managerial type roles can give you the opportunity to do that, most are very restrictive. So both in the home environment and in the work environment, our ideas of leadership might be skewed in a, in a little, in another way. And so I just want us to focus on thinking about developing people as a parent, a grandparent, a mom, a dad, when you're raising your children, that's really what you're doing. You're helping build them up. And so as a leader, we, we will have to be the ones to set the direction of movement, manage the changes, manage the transitions that come up, and also lead and mostly develop our most important asset, which is people. It's so important to have these skills because if not, we can cause a lot of hurt and we can cause a lot of harm instead of causing good. You know, I've heard a good preacher or a good minister or even a well-intending coach who hurt rather than heal people. You know, I've heard survivors tell me that they left therapy because the therapist was insensitive or maybe not savvy in how to lead them through that change process. So I'm going to give you a good example of a great leader. I've, I've given that example with Chick-fil-A as a business, and I want to give you that as a person so you can see some of these things that I'm saying. 
in the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is such a, an incredible leader, you know, and I want you to see some of the reasons why. Imagine the chosen city of God, the chosen people of God in shambles. The majestic city of Jerusalem lies in ruins. And Nehemiah comes up as a leader who's going to help the people rebuild. So let me go through some, some checklists so you can see how he fits in as a perfect leader. Number one, he has empathy. Empathy for the city. Empathy for the destruction that he saw. Empathy for seeing the glory of Jerusalem being taken away. He saw brokenness and he stepped up and he said, yes, I'm going to help take away this disgrace. I'm going to help restore this city and these people back to glory. Number two, he had a vision for how to do it. He had a clear sense of direction for how to do it. He said, let's rebuild these gates. Let's restore back the glory. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to break down this work in little bits. And we're going to start one little point at a time and then bring all of it together. He knew that he couldn't do it alone. True visionaries and true leaders understand the importance of partnering with people. He called on the people to come with him and build on that common goal, on that shared goal, the goal being bringing restoration to their great city. So if you're going to be a great leader, it's going to be important for you to understand how you can partner with people for a common goal and work towards achieving that. You could be a leader owning a business and you have to partner with your employees for the common goals of the organization. And if you research even more, these, the, I'll give you some of these characteristics or these leadership traits that is very essential for every leader to have. So number one, empathy. You got to value people. You have to be trustworthy, knowledgeable, be an expert on whatever it is you know, you're, you're leading other people. You have to be a visionary with a clear sense of direction, strong conviction, solid sense of self, discernment, a sense of justice, equity. You have to be able to communicate clearly your vision and your goals. You have to be honest, transparent, nowhere to set boundaries. You have to be a problem solver, a strategist. You have to be humble, being able to serve others. You have to have integrity, be sound in your character, be patient, intentional, passionate, and be resilient. And if you read through the book of Nehemiah and see how Nehemiah undertook this vision and brought it to completion, you will see all of these leadership traits manifested in one way or another. If you've never read the book of Nehemiah, I'll, I'll just plead with you to read it because it is so inspiring. So we have covered the leadership, what leadership looks like and what leadership traits we have to build. So we'll move on to the third thing, which is for us to level up, for us to rise above where we are to actually meet that specification. You know, we're broken people. In one way or another, our character can be questionable. 
or maybe the reputation that we've built so far or the legacy that we've built so far is one that is not up to par. But you know, the great thing is we can always start over. We can start afresh and start learning these skills and developing ourselves. How do we do that? Well, the three ways that we have to we have to start working on this, three ways in which we can engage in this process. Number one is self-discovery. We covered self-discovery in depth in the season one, episode five of our podcast. It's on identity and self-discovery. If you haven't listened to it, it'll be beneficial for you to do so. Leaders lead other people. So you must take the time to discover and really develop yourself before you can help another person. You know, you cannot be drowning and then you're trying to save somebody else that is drowning. No, you have to pay attention to your relationship to yourself first. What are your interests? Find your interests and develop them. Remember, the area of your gifting and growing in that gifting that God has already put within you, that's what's going to cause you to naturally emerge into a leader. We often admire people that have already developed themselves and then we forget to develop ourselves. So we have to focus on us. Remember, leadership is not a position. That's something most people get wrong. True leadership is really not about the position that you're given. It's really about thriving in the area of your gifting because you could be CEO and still not be a proper leader. But once you start developing the giftings that God has given you, you will flourish in them. And by default, you'll find yourself becoming a leader in that area. And mostly what you would have to do is just try to develop the skills and polish yourself. But the substance of who you are will naturally fit into that role of a leader. Number two, growth and mastery. You know, to be able to be an impactful leader, you have to prioritize growth and prioritize mastery in a specific area. For example, we cannot talk about football without mentioning the great Tom Brady. We cannot talk about tennis without mentioning Serena Williams. And it doesn't have to be in the big things, even in the little things. A great parent, a great grandparent, a great guardian, you know, people that have just made an incredible impact in our life. You can be a good parent without being intentional about the things that pertain to your kids. You have to be intentional in learning how to fine-tune your skills on how you raise your children. You know, we want to raise good children. We want to raise godly children. We want to raise children, giving them a good childhood so that they don't have traumas that they need to recover from as adults. It's all about having tomorrow in mind. So yes, we have to grow and we have to prioritize mastery, grow in every area of responsibility that we're giving. You know, you could be doing the same job for the last 20 years, but how have you become efficient in it? How have you improvised and become more effective at doing the same thing? 
So when we talk about mastery, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, different things. You have to just pick a few things or even one thing and get really good at it. And most importantly, whether it be in a role as a parent or being in a role or any responsibility that you're given, you want to make sure that you're growing in it. You're, you're becoming more savvy in how you manage that duty. So we'll talk about the last part of um, our sequence today, and that is legacy. The legacy of great leaders is how they help influence and inspire other people so they can become the best versions of themselves, building themselves, building their skills, and achieving their goals along the way. So being a great leader is really not about you. It's for other people. You know, leadership is not slavery. It's not about fostering servitude where people follow and serve your own end. Unfortunately, that is the popular version of what we have happening today. And that is not the correct way. Leadership develops people helping them, strengthening them to become stronger, to become leaders themselves. It's never about putting somebody under your thumb so that they can do whatever you want, however you want. That is not leadership. That does not develop people. You have to be able to prioritize their pursuits over your own. And the beauty of it is watching them thrive, is watching them climb up the ladder. There's no way, there's no way that you can commit to building people and not succeed and not leave behind a positive, lasting legacy. You know, most organizations put the customer above the employee. The customer is always right, they say. Maybe that's why we're seeing such a shift, you know, in the in hiring right now, such a shift in the commitment and engagement of employees during this COVID season. If somebody doesn't feel valued in that environment, if they don't feel like they're growing, then they're going to be doing just mediocre work. And we don't want that. So we have to find a way to lead in such a way that people are inspired. And in that process, they themselves, they're growing even as the organization is growing. So as we talk about growth, even at the personal level, you know, we want to be able to grow in different aspects of our life, coming into fullness, coming into purpose, living out our dreams, living out our destiny. But that involves also a commitment on our part, a commitment to growth, an intentional means of growing. And as we grow and as we master the areas of our giftings and we emerge as leaders, we still have the duty to refine that leadership and we still have that duty to make sure that we're committing to strengthening others as well. You know, no amount of money that you make can trump the legacy of touching people's lives. You know, we, we still remember leaders like Martin Luther or Nelson Mandela. Those weren't people that were super rich, but these were people that created an impact in social justice and their legacy remains. If you've lost a loved one, it could be a spouse. 
It could be a parent or even a grandparent. The impact that they have had on your life is really what you mourn, you know, what you cry over, what you grieve. Leadership provided by a parent or grandparent or spouse for decades that you've known them. That's the kind of thing that touches the very core of who we are. Everyone wants to feel like they are loved and appreciated and they're being strengthened to grow and to thrive. And when we're in such an environment, we can maximize our outcomes. So think about the environment you're in. If it doesn't help you be better, then you need to start shifting and moving towards an environment that helps you become all that God has created you to be. In the end, you know, it's not about what what type. It's really not about, you know, the legacy, so to say. It's what type because we're going we're gonna to leave behind a legacy. We just have to figure out what type of a legacy that we want to leave behind. Do you want to leave behind a legacy of hurt, a legacy that people will always think of you in a negative light because of your impact? Or do you want to commit to correcting that course right now? Do you want to commit to making sure that you're living today with tomorrow in mind? In the book of Luke 23, Luke chapter 23, there's this account of Jesus on the cross. A few moments before his death, the encounter between the thief on the cross and Jesus is one that I want us to take a look at as we talk about legacy. This is a thief on the cross, but at the last minute of his life, he found redemption. Because he was open enough and he was truthful enough. Though a thief, he was truthful to declare who Jesus really was. Luke 23 verse 40 reads, it says, But the criminal, that's the thief on the cross, he rebuked the other man saying, Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, but we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, he said, referring to Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied to him saying, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Even at the point of death, even at that point where this thief on the cross next to Jesus, he knows that there's no saving and he still decides he's going to do right. He's going to plead the case for forgiveness and it was granted unto him. Though a thief all his life, at the last minute, he made a change. You know, it's never too late. It could be even on your dying bed. You can still send out that apology. You can still leave a loved one with a different memory. It's never too late to correct a wrong. We may not be able to have time with that individual. We may not even be able to get back into their lives because we've been cut off. But it's possible to still initiate that healing, to still call truths. To still be the bigger person and say, this is not the legacy I want to leave. This is not how I want to leave things hanging. 
healing is always possible as long as we dare. So don't write off that situation and just feel like nothing can happen to it. There's always the room for growth. There's always the room for healing. There's always the room for things to flourish. We just have to give it a chance. On the other hand, I want to contrast this to the example of perfect leadership, that of Jesus Christ. He lived a righteous life. In fact, if we read further at verse 47, we can see the declaration of the centurion. Watching all of this happening, he said, Praise God, surely this was a righteous man. The centurion who is watching this interaction on the cross and he's watching Jesus take his last breath and he declares that surely this was a righteous man. If you read the Bible throughout, there's so many different depictions of Jesus. I like the one by John. John 1 verse 29 says that the next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was the Son of God and also the Son of Man all at the same time. He had his feet planted on the world and he had his head rooted in the crowds, in the clouds. So the, the stark contrast of one who's able to understand our plight as man, but yet being fully God. Tender enough to be the lamb, but strong enough to come out as the lion of the tribe of Judah. So the legacy of Jesus was that of living with eternity in mind. He came in as the son of God. He was the king of the Jews, the righteous man, saving the sinners even at the cross, saving the thief even at the last moment, establishing the hope for eternity, establishing the hope of us living with him in eternity, free of the sin that so ensnares. Jesus always meets us where we are and then takes us even farther than we thought we could be able to go, giving us more and more grace and glory every day as we follow him. There's so much in that partnership for us. There's so much building in that process for us. No wonder it's been 2,000 plus years since Jesus walked the face of the earth and yet we're still talking about him. Yet the word of God is still strong and planted and rooted and its power is still proven in changing lives and restoring destinies. John 10.10 10 says the thief came to kill, to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came that I can have life and have it abundantly. There's no greater path than that, no greater path than walking in freedom and in fullness in your giftings. And that, my friend, is what produces the leader in each and every one of us. And I hope that as we go out this week, that you would prioritize not only your own goals and your own objectives, but you will prioritize building other people in the process as well. You know, you can hurt in one second, tear down in one second, but healing and building and growth is something that is requires tons of commitment, tons of energy, tons of process. 
So we go to the final part of this podcast for today. Our assessment and the strategies to move forward. So do you think of yourself as a leader? If so, I want you to write a few write down a few ways you've influenced other people today. The past week, the past month, the past year. Just try to write it down. What is or what are your areas of gifting? Identify those giftings. Sometimes it's not something very obvious. It could be something, you know, as subtle as taking the time to encourage another person. What are your character strengths and weaknesses? Be real with yourself. You know the areas that need work. What is important to you? Do you live with a legacy mindset? The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think about the legacy that you want to leave behind and then set the compass of your heart on those things. The legacy of Jesus is that of restoring the sinner. The bridging that gap from sinner to saint. And he did that from the moment he came into this world. It was about the will of the Father right up until the cross as we saw in his encounter with the thief. That's exactly what he did. So we have to intend set the compass of our lives too so we can be able to walk in a like fashion. So remember this week, legacy mindset, your legacy mindset. Intentional leaders, they value themselves so they can learn and they refine their character and their giftings because they value themselves. They value growth. They inspire other people and therefore create impact. They leave behind lasting legacies. I hope those things resonate in your mind as you live out this week, as you live out next month, and as we go into the new year. Remember also that our website is live, so you can check out, check it out at www.bravewitheve.com. Once again, thank you for the time you spent growing and spent impacting yourself. It's a lasting investment when you take the time to be better. So go out there and be a great leader and use your influence to build. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye.